Welcome to What the Fit, a podcast about what it means to be fit. Yes, yes, yes. I am joining the lovely Chrissy here. This is Ashley Jones. And we are talking about, obviously, fitness and what it means. Did you see, didn't say whatever the fuck that means? <laughs> oh, I'm supposed to say that? Yes. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Clown me. Clown me. Whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> Welcome back, Ashley Jones. Thank you for joining. I wish I could be giving you a big hug right now, yeah. but yeah. we're still we're still virtually recording. Ashley is a professional figure competitor, a Lululemon ambassador, and owner of the Body Shop Fitness and Training in Oakley. If you've missed her episode, you have to go back and listen, especially if you've been feeling low mental energy lately, which I think a lot of us can relate to she will ignite you yes ma'am you know it you know it <laughs> i'm so happy to be seeing you i'm so happy to have you girl like literally especially with everything going on the pandemic the movement it's uh it's a lot it's overwhelming but this interaction i need it i thrive off of it so thank you <laughs> of course so what's been your favorite workout Oh, legs, honey, legs for days, okay? It is summertime. Finally, we are getting some good weather. I got to show off these legs a little bit. Obviously, getting ready for a competition as well, whenever that will be. But um, definitely legs. I love legs. I do it every Monday with my coach. Um, and it's just a nice way to kind of set the tone for the week for me. So. so what does a leg workout look like for you? Oh, it can vary. So my coach, he does a great job. Shout out to Matt Scott. Um, he does a great job with kind of creating variety. As we all know, your body will plateau if you keep doing the same old thing, same old workouts. So some days we'll do um, heavy, heavy lifts. The other days we'll do um, single leg work only. Um, some days we may just focus on anterior. So just quads. Other days we'll do the back of glutes, uh, hamstrings, calves, all that good stuff. So honestly, just a mixture of everything to get the details and definition that we need. So, okay, I have a question. When you say if you're doing the same thing, you know, your body will plateau, how long do you need to be doing the same thing before you can say, okay, it's time to switch it up? Uh, that's, that's a great question. Honestly, it, it's case by case, person by person. I can probably do, like, if you think about it, with meals. I can personally eat the same meals every single day, one, because I know that it works for me, but other people may say like, oh, I can't eat chicken anymore. It's doing nothing for my body. Same thing with working out. I would say if you feel, even listening to your body with how you feel, not just how you look, if you're like, I'm, I just don't feel sore. I just don't feel like I'm getting the good pump that I need from it. That's kind of how I base our you know, workouts off of everything. So yeah, just how you feel, definitely how you look and go from there. Yeah, is there, are there certain like, Obviously, lifting heavy is going to build strength, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What does doing like volume work? What does that do for you? Mm -hmm. Like I said, creating that variety is definitely going to with volume. Like I said, you're getting the higher numbers. Okay, so strength and endurance. So your muscles still got to be able to push through everything. And I think it's important. Um, just relating it back to obviously being a bodybuilder, we have to hold poses on stage. We have to have that endurance of stamina with our muscles to hold those muscles uh, nice and tight on stage, even being depleted. So doing those reps, doing everything, doing all that we can to push blood, oxygen into those muscles, that's what's going to help us um, benefit from doing the volume. So um, good question. Great question. Yeah. Question. <laughs> 
so interested because, you know, I'm especially right now and lately just doing kind of my own workouts. I've been doing some, a lot of system of strength workouts and a lot of what they do, which to me are, it's so challenging, but it's volume for sure. Like for an hour, you are lifting. Whereas like, I'm just standing there drenched in sweat, you know, using 15 pound, 20 pound weights for legs. And I'm like, so fatigued and so sore after every single class. Yes, absolutely. And I think it's important to know about that as well. When you do volume, sometimes, like you said, you will get fatigued, but then people get so fatigued that they lose sight on the form. So keeping that in as mind, it's okay to take that break and then say, whoo, breather. All right, let's jump back and get this shit going. So. Right, right. And I've, I've absolutely seen my muscular endurance increase from doing like these, these higher volume. The, the thing that I'm missing is obviously lifting heavy right now. I don't have access to heavyweights. Yes. Yes. And that's, that's been number one for a lot of folks. So it, it's kind of going alluding into what uh, I would love to talk about today as well. And along with other things, but um, I've had conversations with other fitness professionals, Kelly, of course, Sarah, um, and they, we were just kind of talking about the virtual aspect versus like now in person, kind of weighing out that scale. Is it going to return back to in person or is virtual hitting off so much that it's like, well, we're going down this new path to virtual. So, um, I do think it's important to realize like you still have to, I don't know. It's, it's hard. It, it, it's mm-hmm. hard to say, but I love, I love in person. I love that interaction. Obviously I love virtual as well but yeah yeah you just yeah have, you gotta get it so i know i know it's it's tough to navigate for sure but so my favorite workout was my first and so far only group fitness class that i went to i went last saturday to none other than my favorite hi-fi yoga up in mason i love him i went to see tommy i went to his saturday hip-hop yoga class it was so good to be back like just physically seeing him being in the space with other people it it, that that part was great and as far as the flow went he said he was you know going to keep it simple some people's you know first time back after being home and i've been doing yoga like athletic yoga at home so i was feeling like good and strong but I, i i was really sore going into the class so that never feels good necessary necessary but it doesn't feel nice when you're sore and you're like getting into those deep yoga poses. But I don't know if this is, if you've ever done this or if this ever happened to you, but you know, I have had a, you know, a really heavy feeling. I think most people can relate since, since last Friday. Um, and I came in with this expectation that I wanted this yoga class to, to fix it all. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I wanted this one workout to just come in and afterwards I was going to be like, I feel fantastic. And it's an, I think it's an unfair expectation to have. And some feelings, you know, cannot be moved away with one yoga class, nor should they. But that was kind of how I was like, I was so excited to be there. I was really happy. I was like, this is going to turn everything around. It's going to turn my whole day around. And then I got out and I was like, that was amazing, Mm -hmm. but I'm still feeling what I'm feeling. Exactly. Here we are. Exactly. I, girl, I know. I know. It's just like you want a complete blanket of just a new you, and it's just like I felt it for a second, and it's just like, 
okay, let's go back to reality now. So no, I get you. I get you. Yeah. So what do you want to talk about? Oh, I would love, I know we, like I said, it's what we fit, right? So that's a whole realm of any and everything. So I think, um, obviously what's been weighing on my heart with today's events uh, or uh, the current events going on, um, but kind of alluding that to fitness professionals and using our platforms, because I think when being on Instagram yesterday for, especially for Blackout Tuesday, I was definitely scoping around to see what uh, fitness professionals I follow use their platform to say, hey, I'm supporting this cause, like, let's go. Um, and I, I want people to really realize, one, um, we are still human. Re regardless of me being a bodybuilder, Ashley, who have, I am still human. So I do have a right to feel how I feel about any situation. So being able to express that in in a professional manner, I should say, since I am a business owner and I have to keep that in mind, but using your platform and letting others see that side of you that is not always fitness because obviously you can go on my page and see workout here work out there pose here pose here but to see that different side that's what's going to attract your followers that's what's going to get people to follow you and really be like you know what i love her i like her she's relatable she's her she's no one else and i think with social media nowadays that is very it's, it's very much so a challenge um because it's trying to see who can get the most likes. I don't care about the likes. If it hits one person, my job for the day is done. Um, I saw some, a meme and it said, um, a lot of people are uh, too concerned with losing followers. Well, Jesus only had 12. I said, oh, well, praise him. <laughs> but that really hit me. That I'm, I'm all about being original. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And you're right. I, I think that it can be difficult for some people when they're trying to promote a business and they can't they can't work to identify how that their own personal self is reflected back in that business or like where's the line wherever but like you said people are drawn to authenticity people are drawn to that shared values that someone else has and you know we've seen this as like a trend coming forward where they say future generations you know they're going to spend their money on companies that share similar values as they do and i think we're seeing that right now like people want to put their money now to companies that are, are going to do good yes you you hit the nail right on the head and i think like i'm seeing a lot of um posts not even with just fitness but like restaurants of like who's supporting what campaign and i'm like woo! is this this is why i'm very a very excited and interested to see this year's election um it's <laughs> it's going to be something but um hey that the power of the vote the power of the people we are already showing it strong worldwide and that right there is the positive change that we need to see so um yeah yeah we, we just got to keep it going keep it going yeah yeah no i agree and 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 I, to me this isn't even a political movement, you know, this isn't like fitness professionals can say, well, I, you know, I, I, I want to remain non-political. This is not a political movement. This is a human Thank movement. Girl, you are preaching. You are preaching. Amen. Amen. It needs to be said over and over again, because yes, politics are in there. Yes, the government is corrupt. However, this is still about the human race and coming together as one. So if we can keep that in the forefront and keep pushing for what we all know is right, girl we are onto some good shit literally yep 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 so what i 
we had scheduled for you, for you to come on, you know, a bit before things took off with protests around the country. So, you know, I sent you a text, as you know, and and just wanted to, you know, offer you the space for a shared word and expression of your feelings right now. And and you know, I thought about I thought about that as I was texting you, and I didn't want it to come across as an expectation for you to come on here and teach us something, and that it's that it's your responsibility. But you know, I have a platform, and I felt like at the very least I could do yes. was to offer you know you an audience for however you see fit. And so I don't have anything to talk about today. Just you know, how are you? How are you feeling? Yes, I and honestly, I appreciate that. That's the first step, and I think. We're, we're overthinking the fact of like, oh my God, does we have to do like this grand, grand gesture to fix it right now? No, baby steps. We see years and years and years ago, it's still the same situation that we're going through. So to be able to have, like you said, using your platform um, and, and for the good and allowing uh, one to talk about how they're feeling is, is imperative. And I think I've had such, such interesting and enlightening and just overwhelming full of emotions that I just keep repeating and I, I, I love going through this like up and down because like I said I am human I need to feel this in order to really release and express how truly genuine this important this is to me so um it, it, it's hard to still see after all the videos and I won't lie to you and say there's been nights actually every night where I've I don't want to look at the video, but that's all that's on social media right now. Um, and I cry. I cry myself to sleep. But then I wake up the next day receiving messages from friends, receiving uh, invites to say, hey, Ash, I need you to do what the fit with me today. We'll talk about this. That is what keeps me going day to day. And it fills me up knowing, like, I'm hopeful for this positive change. I know there's going to be positive change. And, like, seeing the pictures of people in Japan and New Zealand and Switzerland. I think I saw a video of people like bopping to Tupac. I said, turn up, like, let's go. Like, that is what it is. So um, it's just really realizing the, the truth of what's been going on. Um, I think Will Smith said it best. Racism basically hasn't been gone. It's, it's just now being filmed. And um, it, it's hard to see, especially what my ancestors had to go through um, it's like we're getting the repercussions of that today. So, um, and I've had, like I said, many conversations, especially with a close friend. We had, a, we were talking about for an hour and um, she called me back crying. And of course we both were crying. And uh, she said, I'm just so sorry. I'm so sorry. I just felt like my, my white privilege did not allow me to receive what you all were going through. It did not allow me to educate myself on what was and it's, it's still going on and i said but what you're doing right now coming to me stepping out of this comfort zone um getting uncomfortable that is what we're going to need to do to get better with what's going on today so um i'm just truly appreciative of all who have reached out um have shown me their support with both the body shop just me personally um checking in it, it means more than you know and just saying that you stand up um, with the community showing that you stand it up with the black community, you are, you, you just don't know how much that means. Seriously. Yeah. That's great. That's great. You know, I've been, oh, it's just been totally heavy on my mind for, you know, really since 
since last week and especially with with me living in otr you know I, everything's happening in my backyard which is which is great for me to feel so close to it like i want to feel this close to it i want to be able to whenever i get done with work to go join the the peaceful protesters like to march with them um but at the same time then it it is it's just you know this constant this constant tension and reminder but i've been thinking you know so much about a lot of people waking up to their white privilege which is great and the way that i've looked at it like mindfulness like meditation mm -hmm. it's a practice we will never arrive to a perfect place where we can step out of it but our work as white people are every day to do the work to practice it to practice the recognition whatever it, whatever that looks like for you personally yes but like that's our work just like it's our internal work to be a better a better human for ourselves like it's part of it's part of it all it's part of taking care of ourselves it's it's everything it's not separate yeah completely completely I, like i said i watched a video today and she was literally talking about everything you just stated and this isn't just on black people this just isn't on white people in any race like i said this is about all of us taking the time to educate like I said, this is such an important year like I said, with the election, seeing who the next president's going to be and fixing this feud that has been going on for <laughs> since our parents were and grandparents have been born. Like, we've got to fix it. We've got to fix it. I'd be damned if I bring in kids, uh, my children to this world, and they have to go through this. I refuse. So can we not do what we can do today? Since we all have the privilege to do it today, some more than others, but since we're still bringing that awareness now, and still trying to fix that this is the perfect time for that any idea right now let's do it let's come together you know this is not a time to be scared all of that you can let that go this is not a time to sit up here and say well what is so-and-so gonna think fuck that do it we need you stand up rise up you know like absolutely ooh, sorry i'm getting a little passionate yeah no i we need to hear it we need to hear it for sure and the one of the resources that i've tapped into this week is a podcast called scene on radio s-c-e-n-e -E, on radio and there's a season of the show season two it's called scene whiteness mm -hmm. and essentially what it does it starts from the very beginning of time and the construction of race Ooh. race is not scientific it's not biological it doesn't physically exist. It's something that we as humans constructed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for me personally, it's been helpful to hear this podcast and go through, there's probably like, I don't know, 12 episodes or no more than 35 minutes long. Um, they're talking to scholars and professors. And for me, this is like one part of the puzzle that I, if I can conceptually, again, this is me personally, if I can conceptual, conceptually understand things, it helps me to then go out and, and put it into practice. So then for them to say like, we made this up. Mm -hmm. If we made this up, we can make something else up. And that gives, you know, that gives me the hope that I need to continue to, to further educate and, and do the internal work. Like it's not just about conceptually understanding race. You know, we, I think you need to do a lot of internal reflection as well, but for me, it's been a good first step. So I, I really encourage anyone that, you know, thinks that they might be able to learn that way that that's it's a, it's a good podcast. I love that. I, I, I really do love that. And you, you are 
so right when you say it is a social construct that was created obviously so some could feel power okay the power i need to feel superior than this person for what for what why like i like i said i was born when the lord knew when to birth me into this world because <laughs> girl okay okay but no seriously like I, I don't get it. I question it every day. I question, um, and I know I shouldn't question the good Lord, but I'm like, Lord, why are you putting us through this right now? But he always shows up at the end of the day and gives us a greater result than we could ever fathom. So keeping that faith and keeping all of that in our minds of just being open to change, like you can never be too complacent with anything. And this has shown us like, whoa, I do need to pick up a book. I need, do need to go and research this. That is okay. We are all students of life. So, and this is a part of life. Learn it, learn it. Right, right. I, I saw a really good, I don't know, something on the internet that said, you know, get comfortable with learning something new and then changing your opinion. Amen. You're allowed. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's encouraged. <laughs> Amen. Point blank, period. Okay. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing and, you know, I love you a lot. I love the work, the, the physical work that you do, of course, but just your energy and it's just love. You just radiate love. And that's what we all need right now. Thank you. Boo. I love, I love you. Seriously having people like you, like I said, to create this platform, platform and wanting to share this is, is simply amazing, simply amazing. I'm forever grateful for you, for our friendship, for our sisterhood. Um, this is this is everything. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, of course, of course. Okay, so wild card. Yeah. <laughs> Would you rather wear a fur coat during a jog outside right now or wear a latex suit during a hot yoga class? So, I hate cardio. Everybody knows that, so you can scratch that out, but, you can find me in a latex suit <laughs> with probably Miss Sarah you need on doing a yoga class, okay? So amen to that. Plus it'll help me sweat anyway. I may be a little loud, but I'm <laughs> moving around. <laughs> I know. I thought about that. I agree. I'm, I'm definitely picking the latex suit because at least it's tight against your body as you're doing yoga, like a heavy fur coat bouncing around on a jog. Mm. Couldn't do it. it It'd be like carrying it. Oh, and that's what I mean. It literally is like carrying an animal like this. <laughs> right. I know it sucks to say. It sucks to say, but you'll make a statement. I, you would definitely make a statement, but I need to sweat. So I need to go in their hot yoga room. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. Oh, man. Yes. Thank you so much again for coming on. Can't wait to see you soon. Is The, the Body Shop is, is up and running for, for classes and people to come in? Yes, The Body Shop is up and running. Like I said, we opened June 1st, so this past Monday. Group Fitness is already up and going. Personal training, if you are seeking that, um, just email thebodyshop513 at gmail.com. Give us a holler, and then we will be sure to set you up with one of our trainers or possibly myself. I would love to have some new clients as well. Um, but yeah, we are up and going, and we want to see some new faces. Amazing. Thanks a lot, Ash. Talk soon. My guest today is helping you embody self-love and live consciously alongside the mess of being human. For roughly a decade, she has been immersed in the health, wellness, yoga, spiritual, transformation, and coaching paradigm. Through exposure and education in several lineages of yoga, natural medicine, and healing practices, she provides an integrative and intuitive experience with transformational yoga workshops, 
private sessions or coaching and much more. But the real reason she's on this podcast is that she told me I have a bright energy. Please welcome (laughs) Alex Ryberg. (laughs) Hi, Alex. Welcome. (laughs) Hi. We have a bright energy. Well, we, I, we definitely, I definitely want to cover that topic of, of energy and reading. And I have about 1 million questions for you after like Mm -hmm. digging into your Instagram, looking at your website, meeting you last week. I have, I've honestly been looking forward to this conversation all week. So I'm super pumped. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm really, I'm very honored. I'm very excited. Yeah, you're good. So, so yeah, Meriden, who made the connection between us, is a client of yours. Um, She also told me that I need to ask you about encountering spirits. So, oh yeah, okay. So I want to talk about that. I want to get into all of that and and much more. But I think first, you know, in simple terms, that the what you have on your website is is beautiful and wonderful but and you know in simple terms how do you explain what you do and then how did you get into all this <laughs> yeah yeah it's a good question <laughs> to be honest it i i struggle telling people what i do because i do so much <laughs> um, i feel and that so, and so i'm really starting just to lean into owning that i'm kind of like a spiritual renaissance woman amazing. I love that. (laughs) It feels good. It feels good to allow myself to own that. Um, Yeah. And say it out, say it out loud, like be mm -hmm, big in it. mm -hmm, Yeah. And, and like, you know, modern day, like today, present day, I teach yoga. I host coaching programs. I provide content. I lead some of it at yoga trainings. I operate, or I was operating a yoga studio before COVID hit. Um, and so that's a whole nother story. Oh, um, gotcha. I take private clients for integrative therapy. I, it's a very, I have a very comprehensive platform. Um, and how did I get into this? How did you get into it? How, did how I- does one fall into being a spiritual Renaissance woman? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it started young. It started young. I definitely felt a little bit like the black sheep in my family because I, I mean, in hindsight, I was very sensitive, empathic and intuitive child, but I wasn't born into the family that would like feed that way way of being. Um, And then I I went through some, some traumatic life events. I lost my father when I was 15. Mm -hmm. He passed away suddenly and from a heart attack. And that really, that opened my eyes to the realization that there, there is a lot going on in the medical system that is not designed to support whole health, to support the whole being, mind, body, and spirit. Um, I, I just knew from that point forward that somehow, some way, I would help people come to that, mm-hmm. come to full expression of their being through the mind, through the body, through their spirit, through breath, through nutrition. But I had no idea how that would happen. And I just kind of went on. I just went about my way from 15 until about 23 is when I um, 
I met my first yoga teacher. I moved directly above this yoga studio down in downtown Cincinnati. And I was still way too shy and way too yeah. to Which see- yoga studio was it? It was You Do Yoga. Oh, I don't think I've heard. Yeah. Is it gone now? It's gone now. It's gone mm. now. It was it was downtown, I don't know, maybe five or seven years. And then they also had a studio in Anderson for a while as well. And it's it's now gone. Um but Matt Eshelman was the owner and I, so another long story short, I had just signed up for classes at Cincinnati state to start immersing myself in the, the college paradigm. Cause up until then I was just a working individual, just working mm-hmm. in various ways. And I decided to take a yoga class mm. as a part of my curriculum because I had heard that yoga could work with pain and I was experiencing a lot of physical pain at the time. And so I walk into this class and there's this like very light redhead dude sitting in a cross-legged seat, like up on a table or something. And the very first thing he says to me, is like, yo, dude. <laughs> and then, um, and then, and then I, I took his class and I was very astounded by it. I think a couple weeks later, I was walking past the yoga studio that I was living above, and who do I see but the very same head, the very same face, the very same teacher of that class at Cincinnati State at the studio, and it turns out that he owns it, or he owned it, and he gave me yoga yoga teacher training in exchange for babysitting his newborn child. Wow, that's a really good barter system right there. It was great. It was so great. And, and it really, you know, it really healed me. I, his, his training was rooted in Taoist yoga in yin yoga. Um, Mm. so my first exposure to yoga was very slow, very mindful, very contemplative. I had, I have very little exposure to like the, the athleticism around yoga as it's seen today. And so I, really dove in pretty quickly into the spiritual and energetic sides of the practice because yin yoga really teaches you how to slow down into that, like internally. Um, And it, yeah, it helped me. It really, really saved me from a lot of unhealthy lifestyle patterns that I was living, Mm -hmm. like, you know, that, that I was immersed in because of all the unresolved trauma from that very traumatic event in my teens. Yeah. So I just went all in and then through, through another series of events, I met a fellow who at some yoga event did a bunch of crazy moves on my body. Like, cause I told him my shoulder was hurting and, and then he did that. He did these moves. He, she showed off really, <laughs> but I, it worked. <laughs> um, and I was blown away. I was like, what is that? And it turned out to be Thai yoga therapy, which, which many people refer to as Thai massage. Okay. I was going to ask if that was similar. I've experienced Thai yoga massage, which is phenomenal. It feels incredible. So they're, they're similar. They're the same. It's pretty, it's pretty much the same thing. Massage, like Thai massage as the way that I'm taught it is the slang description for Thai yoga therapy. It it started being called massage so that the Western mind could understand what it was. Got it. That makes it sense. Like, it was like a bridge to explain the practice. Um, 
And so, yeah, I, I was blown away by it. And I looked up the school that he studied at and the school was offering all of these comprehensive practices around health and wellness rooted in everything from Western science to Eastern spirituality and all that falls in between. And so I signed up for the school immediately. And I went down, the school offers trainings in immersion styles. So like at the time they were 27 day immersions. And I went down four times in a matter of like, I don't know, maybe two years. And then I became a certified teacher of the system while also taking private clients. And the system is referred to as Soma Veda Thai Yoga Therapy. And Soma Veda is a college of natural medicine mm-hmm. and a Thai Yoga Therapy school. Um, and they, they, we, I, the school, we practice and teach holistic health, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, 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 yeah. use, we use yoga, the science of yoga, to bring somebody back wholeness and we we use ayurveda we use nutrition we use eft we use medical astrology we use energy healing we use um like supplements and um bioelectromagnetic therapies and Mm -hmm. pretty much anything that we can get our hands on that is non-toxic and non-invasive and supportive to the whole system yeah. I mean, it truly sounds like a whole wellness, like there's a place mm-hmm. everywhere. When you say the science of yoga, what do you mean by that? Yeah. So I I believe that yoga is a science of self-realization, right? And so we, we begin in asana. We, we begin in the physical movement because that prepares the body to sit in stillness or to at least feel a little bit more available for stillness um and and in that place of stillness you start to study your your mental narrative right you you have the stronger you have a stronger capacity to observe and witness your own mental fluctuations and how those fluctuations affect your physical body and how your physical body affect the fluctuations and then through that process over time it's not an overnight thing but you almost like scientifically choose what to keep and choose what to let go of Mm -hmm. no i i mean i have had that experience with yoga absolutely Mm. like i I practice probably i would say on average three times a week three to four times a week i will say that i lean more towards an athletic yoga side i love yin yoga i do not do it enough but but just the start of a yoga practice when I'm checking in with how I'm feeling, how's my body feel, and then I do that assessment at the end, the shift is massive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just from like clarity, the way my body feels, like it is mm-hmm. truly healing. It, it really is. It really There's is. no way you can argue with it. If, you, like, if you've done it, like there's just no argument. Yeah, there, there is no argument if you do it. You're like, oh, yeah. okay, now I see why. Like no, no matter where you come from, no matter what your background yes. is, right. it's a very profound physiological effect. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm interested, um, you know, you mentioned your father passed away when you were 15. I lost my brother 
Mm. almost two years ago now in a motorcycle accident. So it was very sudden too. Mm. And it makes sense to me, certainly that, especially with a heart attack, that it would open your eyes to like what's going on with our the medical system and why are we not treating people's whole whole self wellness? But I'm interested too. Did it? Did you feel that? Okay, not only there was that shift, but also the shift of like, okay, my whole world's been fucked. The way that I thought it was going to go is no longer going that way. What else that I didn't think was possible, or what else didn't I couldn't I imagine? Like now that I get to explore, because mm, mm. I felt that way. Like it's yeah. totally up that a yes. new way new ways of thinking i just saw something too on instagram today that like according to neurobiology like grief changes you completely yeah. completely yeah. and so i was just wondering if you had that experience where you felt that this maybe kind of pushed you in just in a different direction entirely it totally did well first i just wanted to say that i'm so sorry to hear about that i know how thank you I, I know the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it does. You know, it for me in particular, being so young and also kind of like growing up in the suburbs, um, it just, it really, it just woke me up. Meaning like all of a sudden I couldn't relate to a single one of my peers. I was like, y'all yeah. living in an illusion. Yeah. <laughs> like, this, <laughs> like, this is not real right? Like anything can change in any given moment. Um, and, and you're just playing games. Mm -hmm. So that, that was definitely a process of like learning how to find ways to relate to people because it definitely made me feel very, very, very different. Yeah. I isolated. already felt quite different because like, you know, I, I was, a flower child in in the suburbs <laughs> where did you grow up uh i went i went to school in milford okay and i grew up in loveland so i like i like grew up on like the, the cusp of got it laundry. right no they're mm -hmm. the people are and i say this in the most loving way regular folks yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and like now you know i've, I've done all of that inner work in myself where i have the most compassion and can like find points of relation but at the yeah. time it was like they're they're just it wasn't there and so that isolation did send me into you know a philosophical path completely yeah like really studying and examining people and society and human nature mm -hmm. so how has you know after all of your education and your experience your learnings how is it transformed to you know the way you look at your your job today and what you do today? What do you do mostly? Do you lean towards is it coaching, transformational yoga? What would you say? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, right now, I'm in ex I, I'm in a crossroads. Right now, um, and so I feel like it's all kind of suspended. <laughs> it's like suspended in the ether while I decide which one to lean more into. Um, because prior, so I, I had, I had operated a coaching business for about two and a half to three years. I loved it. I did. I truly love it. I still love it. Um, but I decided to put it on the back burner when I decided to open up a yoga studio in Northside. And mm. so I spent about six months from 
early fall to January, late or late summer to January, getting all of that together and still taking taking some coaching clients and taking some Soma Veda therapy clients. And then we launched in January and we were open for eight weeks. Oh. And then everything, you know, everything shut down and, and I'm not going to be able to keep it afloat and it's yeah. okay. It's okay. Oh gosh. That is heartbreaking though. My heart. Yeah. It, it actually, I, I think, I think that there's some beautiful things that are coming out of it um, that I'm not quite ready to announce yet. Um, but if I were to answer that question, which one do I lean more toward? I would say I am beginning to lean more toward the coaching and course realm, but the yoga will be very infused into it. That makes sense. When people are coming to you from for coaching, you know, what does that initial conversation look like? Why, why are they now? What are some of the reasons that they're choosing to work with you? That's a very good question. Um, generally speaking, I work with people who identify as healers or like a light worker um, or a fellow. What is a light worker? <laughs> An energy healer. Is probably okay. I was like, this sounds like some Lord of the Rings <laughs> shit that I'm very into. <laughs> yeah, a light worker is like an energy healer. Right. Or a light worker is like, is someone who manipulates energy for the good. How do you do that? <laughs> That's like wizardry. It is like wizardry, to be honest. It really is like magic. It, it is. I mean, I like, I personally, I, I sense energy just through the screen. And so like, if, if I'm working with a coaching client, then I know that I have the, the overt permission to help bring some what I call congested energy, like stuck subconscious junk. Shit. Yeah. Shit. Bring yeah. it up, bring it out through the voice, bring it out through emotion, bring it out through action. Um, and then I'm also in some capacity, like kind of like magic, like manipulating it with my own energy field. It's all it's all energy, right? It's just mm -hmm. it's electricity. And so the the more that you practice yoga or some sort of like embodiment type practice like that, <clears throat> excuse me, you get more and more sensitive to that electrical current and you can tell which direction it's going and if it's serving or if it's not. Um, so yeah, I, I work with like the healer, the spiritual entrepreneur, the light worker, or like the, the woman, the, the, the feminine energy that is wanting to make change make wanting to make impact and I help them embody the self-worth and the confidence that they need in order to actually do that uh, as well as break through all of the narratives internally and physiologically that are preventing them from stepping into that power stepping into what they're here to do yeah I I don't think Mare would mind me sharing that she said that you really helped her with like business decisions mm -hmm. like even just if it comes to whether to send an email or not you know that you get prop and i can relate to this too like you're so much in your own head about it or like you said there's this energy congestion something's not flowing where you're like i i, I can't do it you need someone to help get that released exactly like that's so i perceive business as the funnel for 
transformation on the planet. That's what I, so that's why I like to work with, with the self-employed or spiritual minded or conscious minded entrepreneur. Um, and you don't even, you don't have to identify as a light worker to be one. Mm. <laughs> like you're probably doing it w- whether you know it or not. Um, and so, yeah, things like deciding what, what to do, like deciding what to charge, deciding what product to offer, deciding what business to contact, deciding how to promote, deciding to be more visible, like those things, if we're avoiding them, it's telling us something about some sort of narrative going on internally that is neurological, right? It is, that's what it is. And so the way that we repattern that is by taking action, by using EFT, by breath work through yoga, through emotional release. I mean, there's just, there's so many yeah. different ways. No one way is the right way, but there, there are many tools. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, that's a good analogy. It's a toolbox. You can kind of pull what you need depending on the individual. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about this, the energy the the energy reading so when you can see through a screen that i have a bright energy is it fit, like it's actually bright or it's like that's how you're perceiving it and what is like what does it mean it's a good help question. explain help help verbalize because i i understand what you're saying i've had the experience before maybe not that it's someone's like a, a a bright no maybe yeah bright but i i can i feel like i know this is a good energy that i want to be around me Versus like this person is an energy I do not want to be around me. Totally. And I and I can't I can't verbalize what that is. I can't explain it to someone else. It's it's instinctual. It's like, you know, it's a read on someone. But wh- how does it come up for you? Hmm. Is that this is it similar? It can be. Mm. Yeah, it can be. Um I I identify as what's called clairsentient. And so clairsentient is when you literally feel in your body what the other person is feeling. Oh, that must be terrible. <laughs> I kind of like it <laughs> because <laughs> it helps me, it helps me be a better coach, helps me be a better teacher. It helps me like, you know, know how to respond to the environment. But there was a time where I didn't like it because I didn't know how to manage it. Um, so there's, there's that aspect of it where I can walk into a room and like, if all of a sudden my head hurts, then I'm like, oh, interesting who is tensing up their jaw, who is like squeezing their shoulders up next to their ear. And I pretty quickly, I can find who, who in the room is like holding a lot of tension in that relative body part. Um, it's very helpful in Thai yoga sessions. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, I can imagine that for sure. (laughs) Um, but in terms of seeing and sensing energy, again, it's something that just, it just onset through my practice. I've been practicing yoga since I was 21. I'm now 31 because I, I did I, I did do a little bit of like a DVD with with Rodney Yee before I met my yoga teacher. Mm. <laughs> so I had been practicing yoga periodically since I was 21. Got more into it at 23, and so I think through through the clearing of like the toxicity in my own body, you you just you, you have a clear sensitivity of those around you. Um, and yeah, in terms of you, you do genuinely have like a little bit of like a gold aura. It's gold. 
Are you sure it's not just my highlighter? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Your highlighter is really nice too. <laughs> I should get some of that. Um, but yeah, I know yours is gold. My my partner's is often like a like a light green. Dylan, Dylan is gen generally green. I also can tell when he's had too much to drink because it gets a little gray. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh my do you think anyone can have this ability if they if they're tuned in enough? I, I completely think anyone can have this ability if they're tuned in enough. Yeah. Interesting. And and I've had this experience too. I wonder if you can explain or you know help to understand places have mm -hmm. an energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there's there's certain places. Like, I mean, even just restaurants. Some people will call it a vibe, or you know, whatever it is. But you can feel certain energy when you walk into a space or a city or you know anything mm -hmm. like that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let me let me think. Let me see if I can come up with an example that would explain that. So we all understand from like physics 101 that like energy is neither what how does how does that phrase go neither recreated nor destroyed oh shit what is it it's like <laughs> you can like no you can't like create or yeah it's nothing can like oh, i don't know like what the fuck i look and look at some like law <laughs> listen to us yeah i mean it's so so all like it's all here right all of the energy is here emotion is energy food is energy this this crystal that i'm holding is you know it's energy it's it it's frequency right so mm -hmm. there are dense frequencies that manifest as physical matter right like does that that make sense yep that makes sense and then there are higher and finer frequencies that manifest as sound but, Makes sense. but we don't see them. And then there are higher and finer frequencies that manifest as thoughts. And then there are also ones that manifest as emotions. It's all present in any given time. It's always here. And so when you're walking into a space and you're sensing something that's really uncomfortable to you, likely the, the people that have been occupying that space, <clears throat> excuse me, for so long have been carrying very heavy emotions, very suppressed, negative narratives that they might not even be conscious of, right? It's not their fault. We, we, we all have that stuff that's just passed on ancestrally from fam, you know, family to family. Mm -hmm. um, and and what but when but if it's if it's sitting there if it's sitting in your physical body then it's emanating outward yeah mm -hmm. I, as i'm hearing you talk too i wonder could it be just your own personal energy's reaction to a space totally. you know that you know like that's something just with you personally that energy isn't isn't jiving well but maybe the person next to me they're okay they don't sense it yeah it's called dissonance, mm. right? It's like music is really the perfect like metaphor for it. I, I'm not extremely well versed in music, but I understand dissonance and resonance. And, and so that's like, that's like, this can really move into the conversation of how there really isn't duality. <laughs> 
there's just there's just dissonance or resonance and so that's why there are so many what i've been calling clusters of consciousness clusters of, of consciousness are just like different groups of people mm. that have like a core value and a core belief right and it's not necessarily quote unquote wrong it's just what they're here to express um and you could be resonant with it or you could be dissonant with it right no that makes sense mm -hmm. i've also had while we're on the topic of energy have had the experience with uh, with some people of like when you enter into their energy field or like i have like entered into someone's energy field and i've honestly like felt electrocuted oh yeah. like yeah I mean, like a punch in the gut. It's literally their bioelectromagnetic field emanating from their heart. The, the heart, especially when it's at its healthiest, has a biomagnetic electric field that extends 50 feet out in all directions. So that's another reason why when you walk into a room and you all of a sudden like your emotion changes or you feel a little off, it could be that the, that the, the, the physical space itself has been fed by that over and over again that it's the physical space because like the you know the wood has absorbed that frequency over time or it could be the people in the space right right mm -hmm. i have a question for you so what's your belief when someone dies mm -hmm. what happens to their energy mm -hmm. this is this is a really like kind of newer uh exploration for me because i i have discovered that i i have mediumship skills in the last like three or four months um it's very very profound so new it's quite raw but i prior to that prior to that i believed that the energy's just kind of like it, it didn't dis it, it dissipated like it like it the vital life force that makes up the physical body almost like evaporates into the space around it is how I visualized it for the longest time because it, it's not destroyed when an individual passes away. Right. That was that was something that came up for me so much in the very early you know, days, weeks, months after my brother died. And he was such a vibrant, energetic person, mm -hmm. like just living out loud. That I just, I was just like, where did it go? Like it could, there's no way that it could have disappeared. Like it was just too bright of of a light to just go out. But I just kept being like, well, where did it go? Like what happened to it? What happened to it? Yeah. Well, there are, you know, I mean, there are so many theories around it. Like yogically, the, the Atman, the soul, like incarnates into a physical body and then there's vital life force that makes up the body and so when that body passes the ego passes but not the atman mm. right? so the, the body is the ego the body is the, the brain the neural i mean that the ego is the brain the neurology the the flesh the heart yeah god the, the personality <laughs> that that has been programmed and conditioned into this physical experience um but the Atman, the soul, is is the 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 singular consciousness manifesting from the collective consciousness into the physical body. Um, and when 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 this body perishes, that just kind of gets absorbed back up. 
Mm. back into back into the consciousness so it's still it's still there it's still in what is referred to as the akashic record Mm. Mm -hmm. i've heard of these like akashic record readings or something Mm -hmm. i'm getting one tomorrow i've never had one done you will have to let me know how it goes. I'm very interested. Before all this like COVID shit hit, I had plans. Mayor has had it done. And so we were chatting. I was like, I want to have some girlfriends over, like have someone that does it come over and like have a whole session. Mm. That would be awesome. I know. Put that on the the future calendar for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Well, I I mean, I think it's interesting. I I love hearing your perspective. I I love hearing, you know, frankly, everyone's perspective on what, on what they think, because we don't know, which, you know, we, we, we don't know. We we can't, we, we don't know. Like the, 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 the ego doesn't know. Yeah. 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 Let's talk about human design and astrology. Okay. (laughs) What is that? Um, So I mean, astrology, I I kind of have an idea, but I've, I still feel quite a, like a novice when it comes to human design. I've started what is called experimenting with my design. I started it like a year or two ago. Um, but it's, it's a very complex system. It's just, it's another typology system where just like astrology, just like the Enneagram. Yes. Okay. Where based off of certain characteristics and tendencies, and in this case, um, like your astrological chart at the time you were born and, okay. and, uh, and the, pl- the location and all of that determines whether you are one of five types. So human design uses astrology, like kind of standard Western astrology, as well as the I Ching, which I still feel very much like a novice about. Um, the Kabbalah, which is kind of like Judaic mysticism, which I also feel very novice about, um, and the chakra system. Mm. And and it types you into one of five types, which is the generator, the manifesting generator, the projector, the reflector, or the manifester. And I'm a, I'm what is called a projector. And a project, like it each type utilizes and expresses energy differently. That's kind of like the very basics of it. Mm -hmm. For those of you listening, don't quote me on human design as an expert. (laughs) No, it's interesting. It's I've never, I had never even heard of it before. So it's just, it's so fascinating. And I, I do foresee myself studying it further and eventually offering human design readings. But I, I can tell you a little bit about each type because that, that, that much I do know some about. So a projector is, is a guide where we're here to see something that people don't see and to guide the energy. That sounds um, like you. It does feel like me very much. And we, we don't, so there are two, like, two ways that these types respond. You, you either are an energy type or you're a non-energy type, meaning like you, you, you generate your own energy or you don't generate your own energy. Pro- projectors wow. are like non, yeah, it's, it's complex. Projectors are non-energy types, which means that I, 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 it takes me 
I can't work like what is referred to as a generator. A generator can literally, if they find something that lights them up, they can go, 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 go 23 hours out of the day and still be so inspired and keep going no matter what. The generators are like most of the population. It's like 60, 70% of the population. Um, and and they're, they're here to really like bring things into life, like to work, to cultivate Whereas the projector is here to see what needs to be cultivated and guide them to do it. <laughs> and then, then the manifesting generator is like a generator times two. They, they can, they just move a little bit more quickly than a generator does. And these are both energy types, which means that they have a lot of their own natural energy and they can keep going. Whereas projectors, reflectors, and manifestors are non-energy types. And so we need to spend a lot more time resting so that we can collect, 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 collect energy. And then in a short period of time, project it or reflect it or manifest it. Interesting. I want to know. Yes, it makes sense. I want to know what I am. I'm very curious. So you, you can uh, you can go to mybodygraph.com. Okay, and, great. And it will... I, I just suggest you and anyone listening who's curious to start there at mybodygraph.com. Okay, perfect. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. Mayor said that we had to talk about manifestation. Yeah, okay. And I think this is maybe related to like the law of attraction, right? Mm -hmm. Or are they separate? No, no, to totally the same sort of. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> to, to, depending, I mean, like there, there are different belief systems around how to cultivate it, but they're getting to the same thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what do you want to know? How do we do it? <laughs> how do I get what I want? Alex, <laughs> just tell me that. You work on your subconscious. Damn it. That's always the answer. And I don't want to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like a lot of the law of attraction, like the actual Abraham Hicks paradigm, um, can be very misleading because it focuses a lot on just like, just like, just feel joy and you'll get what you want. Right. Everything you want is in your vortex and it's going to come through as soon as you're just always joyful. And to be honest, it's kind of violent, right? That's like not, it's, it's energetically violent to tell someone that they must always be joyful <laughs> it sounds it sounds terribly difficult and actually impossible yeah it is i mean there, there's a lot of nectar in those teachings but it can be mislight or excuse me misleading if you're only focusing on that aspect of it um the way that we manifest is by getting clear on what we want right or like just getting clear you're not going to manifest anything if you're not asking for it you have to ask for it period you have to write it down you have to say this is what you want and then you have to identify the parts of you that don't believe that you're worthy of it mm. and that, that's the hard part yeah and the, those can run deep like those can be so deep that you don't even know that that storyline's happening on a conscious level um, and so there are different ways to get to that sort of depth. Meditation can take you there. EFT can take you there. Um, I, were, I, I use this woman's process 
called Lacey Phillips. She has a brand called To Be Magnetic online, and she takes you through um, these journal prompts and through hypnosis to to like get to those core inner child memories that whether whether you identify your childhood as traumatic or not, there were things that occurred between the ages of zero to twenty five that altered the way you believed what was possible. Whether they were big or little, it doesn't matter. And so if those narratives are still really strong inside of you, it's going to stop you from knowing and seeing and hearing the action that you need to take to get what you want and believing that you're worthy of that action. Yeah, no, that that makes total sense. And I think people have heard this before, you know, about being self-aware and kind of calling you out on your own bullshit or just st- discontinue the storytelling that you've constantly ran through in your head over and over again. Yeah. That makes, that makes total yeah. sense. And I, I want to add though, that like, it can also be misleading to do the, the deep inner child work in that we can start to judge the narratives, right? It's really, it's really, really, really important to try your best to cultivate like a loving energy toward that part of yourself. Yeah, like com- self-compassion. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like, that's like number one. Yes, it, it's not going to work if you're, if you're judging the judgment. <laughs> I know, but that's difficult. How do you help someone work through that if they're finding it very difficult? Mm-hmm. And I think of like from my own my own experience where you know I'm I have said this before, I'm a recovering perfectionist. Mm-hmm. I have lived my life thinking if I if I do this right, if I get the good grades, if I move on to this next level of the game, if I look this way, if I please like that's how I'm worthy of love, right? Doing, doing, production, production. Mm-hmm. And I can find I can find it difficult to show parts of my, you know, my inner child, that compassion when I don't show up in those ways. So how do you help someone work through that? Mm. EFT. What's EFT? We've, we've mentioned it a couple of times. I have it on my list. Might as well jump right to it. <laughs> e- EFT refers to uh, the emotional freedom technique. It's an energy-based emotional healing process that utilizes physical touch, um, uh, brain hemisphere balancing exercises and vocalization to release and rewire neurological and energetic patterns around these narratives. So it, it's literally like the, the, sl- the slang term is tapping. You, let, you mm-hmm. tap on pressure points. These pressure points are kind of like electrical outlets that connect to the major meridian lines that run through the body. Okay. And EFT and Chinese medicine and a lot of energy-based systems believe that negative emotions, and in this case, I'm going to add belief systems and narratives, are due to a disruption in our energy field. And so we just, we want to open that back up. That's why you might want to, that's why people might want to receive Reiki or do yoga, do pranayama, um, do like chanting. Chanting moves a lot of energy in the throat and heart center. Um, But for me, I use EFT as well as these other like hypnosis tools, journaling tools. But we tap, we tap on the negative emotions. So for example, in your case, let's say, 
let's say, actually, what would you say? Would you say that you start to judge yourself when you're not like performing? Yes. Yes. And like yes. on a scale from one to 10, can you think of a recent situation where you were judging yourself and like how intense that was, like the, the judgment on a scale from one to 10? Yeah, I can say it's like at eight or nine or 10. Okay. Yeah. And so do you want me to guide you through a tapping right now? Sure. Let's do it. Okay. So you're going to use your pointer finger and middle finger on either hand. It doesn't have to be your dominant, just whatever feels good to you. And we're going to come up to either collarbone. It doesn't matter which. Okay. And then we'll go down about two inches away. And then another two inches toward the shoulder, excuse me, shoulder. And then you'll find yourself above perhaps a slightly tender point or a hollow point. This is a lymph node. So if it's tender for you or anyone listening, just at some point today, get up and start jumping around the room to move your lymph. <laughs> okay, got it. So it feels pretty good, not okay. too tender. Okay, good. So just repeat after me. I'm just going to guide you. It might look a little sloppy, but that's okay. Yep, let's do it. Even though I have this judgment. Even though I have this judgment. I accept myself. I accept myself. Even though I have this judgment. Even though I have this judgment, I love myself. I love myself. Even though I have this judgment, even though I have this judgment, I forgive myself. I forgive myself. Now come up to the brow with your fingers and we're going to tap on the brow and just say okay. this judgment, this judgment. Now outside the eye, this judgment, this judgment underneath the eye, this judgment, this judgment underneath the nose, this judgment. This this judgment underneath the mouth, this judgment, this judgment, I let it go. I let it go. Even just a little bit, even just a little bit back to the collarbone, this judgment, this judgment, I'm going to shorten the algorithm. It's basically an algorithm here. Uh -huh. You're going to bring all five fingers together and come to the top of your head and tap. Okay. The, yep. Tap the top of your head and then close your eyes. Open okay. your eyes. Keep your head steady. Look down to the right. Look down to the left, hum, <laughs> count to five out loud. One, two, three, four, five. And then hum one more time. <laughs> Come back to the brow, tap this judgment. This judgment. Outside the eye, this judgment. This judgment. Underneath the eye, this judgment. This judgment. Underneath the nose, this judgment. This judgment. And underneath the mouth, this judgment. This judgment. I let it go. I let it go. Even just a little bit. Even just a little bit. Okay. Lower your hands down, close your eyes. Take a breath in. And out. Now, if you connect with that situation and the intensity of the judgment, is it still at an eight or a nine? I would say right now, no. Where is it now? Because I'd say like a three or a two. Great. It's hard to it's hard to hold on to that judgment when you have when you're saying out loud. Totally. I love myself, or mm -hmm. I forgive myself, or anything like that. It's hard to hold on to it when you verbalize it. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is hard, and then you're also you're releasing the energetic pattern that maintains that narrative. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I know it does. 
That was great. Thank you. You're welcome. I hope I hope everyone listening could follow along, rewind and and do it yourself. That was great. That was excellent. You can also go to Emo Free. It's a YouTube channel. And they'll go mm. like li- like literally spelled emo e m o free. <laughs> That's great branding. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't say that the, the EFT branding is the best, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I saw another topic on your website that I have never heard of is shadow work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What is shadow work? It's it's working with the subconscious. That's what it's doing. It's, it's, acknowledging, it's acknowledging one of the universal laws, which is the law of polarity. And so we recognize the law of polarity in our day-to-day life. There's hot and there's cold, there's dark and there's light, la-di-da-di-da, right? We have the same thing in our psyche. We have the good part. We have the productive part. We have the one that is like always on time. And then we also have the part of the psyche that is extremely lazy, doesn't want to get anything done and is always late, right? They, They both exist. They all exist. And shadow work is acknowledging that part of ourselves so that it doesn't run the show unconsciously. Got it. Got it. That mm-hmm. makes sense too. How mm-hmm. do you how do you do that? How do you do shadow work? What is some practice or I mean, sometimes it's just like literally being honest. Mm. <laughs> like, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but that's the hardest part. That's the hardest part. Um, I, I think meditation. Meditation is one of the best tools to identify your shadow. Um, and like, you know, as you sit with yourself, you'll start to notice every narrative in your mind come up. Because, you know, yeah. med- meditation isn't necessarily about quieting the mind. It's about seeing it, like witnessing your thoughts. And so when you are sitting in meditation, you'll you'll start to be able to determine like, oh, that thought is an angry bitch. Oh, that thought is like a loving angel. And they both exist inside of me. Oh, for sure. I can absolutely relate to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like how do how are there this this many people inside one body? Exactly. Or lately, especially with like quarantine COVID stuff, you're mm-hmm. like, how can I hold so many different emotions at the same exact time. Mm, it's power. It's such powerful awareness. It's such powerful awareness. It is. That's pretty tough. You know, I, I also think like, just in terms of very, very, very recent events, racism is is a part of our shadow. It's very yeah. important for us to pay attention to that. Yeah, I'm. Re- yeah, I'm really happy that you brought that up. I was, you know thinking today we we're recording this on may 28th so just this past week the events happening around the country and uh, people are posting a lot and i'm grateful for that because it's you know instagram is how i pretty much get on my media so i'm like great thank you for posting this video that i wouldn't have seen otherwise and bringing awareness and i today was just struggling with like well what what do I post anything? What can I post that will add value without also just diminishing and like speaking to my privilege? And like, I've just been like in this constant tug of war of like, I want to do something, but also at the same time, nothing feels like it's going to be enough. And I don't want to like, just add to the 
the narrative of the narrative in general because I don't know I don't have like a clear direction yeah I, it's hard I hear you it, it, it is hard. but then it is but then hard. even as I sit here I'm like it's hard well I'm fucking white mostly exactly. like it's not, it's not that hard it, <laughs> like it sounds stupid for me to even say that out loud it it's hard because we have not been trained and educated around how to show up and so yeah. the shadow work is admitting that and finding ways to train and educate ourselves that's that's the work yeah that's, that's a good point um because we haven't yeah. been like i ha i was not i was not raised to 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 include that in the conversation and like you know if i really examine it like i i see i i can think of particular moments in my childhood that like imprinted a certain narrative in my mind that is very uncomfortable to come to terms with. Yeah. And no, then there, there is a woman that I follow on Instagram. Her, um, her name is Layla F. Saad. Her Instagram account is Layla, A-L-Y-L-A-F-S-A-A-D. She's a beautiful black woman living in the east i forget where she lives mm -hmm. but she wrote a book called me and white supremacy and it's for people like you and i interesting that's really good i think that's one of the very smallest smallest tiniest things that i try to do is to expand what i'm looking at in terms of diversity on my instagram that i'm not just from from race to body size to thought pro like any, anything i'm like i want to have a bunch of different things so i'm not and even even in doing that i still understand and recognize i'm probably in this like small bubble but still that just different points of view and points of view that make you uncomfortable 199.99% you have to be willing to be uncomfortable because it isn't about our comfort. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. I want to thank you for bringing that up. I'm glad we got to talk about that. Um I want to shift gears a little bit and you know hear from you on your your routines, your rituals that help you promote your your physical, your mental fitness, well-being. Mm -hmm. Some people call it self-care. How do you take care of yourself? I mean, we could all kind of like lump it into this, totally. this one big topic. So to be honest, I'm not a very routine person, but I'm, I am a ritualistic person. Um, in my human design chart, I'm actually, I function better without structure. Um, where there are other charts that function better with structure. But what I do do on a daily basis whether it's in the morning or in the evening or midday, just depends on what the day is like. I practice. My, my, my practice it varies. And what I mean by practice is I set time aside upwards towards 90 minutes and I, I meditate. I do EFT. I journal. I do kundalini yoga. I do yin yoga. I do hatha yoga. I do pranayama. I, I dance. But it, it's something that gets me into my body and out of my head and moving the emotion that I have collected over the course of the last 24 hours. Um, and I, yeah, I do that pretty religiously, like no, like almost all of the time, um, every single day for about 90 minutes. If I don't have 90 minutes, then I do whatever I have. 
And so I, I really try to be compassionate with myself around not like making it hard on myself if I don't do it first thing in the morning. Because I just, I've kind of learned that I'm not that person that's going to do it yeah. in the morning. I'm the person that like kind of sits outside with my coffee and listens to the birds in the morning and then I get to email anyway. So yeah, yeah. I love that. Myself be flexible with myself. Um, and I, I also do try to live by eating an Ayurvedic diet for myself, which what is, is that probably a whole nother conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Ayurveda is the sister science to yoga it's a it's a healing art it's a form of medicine it's an indigenous form of medicine that looks at the body as a as a constitution made up of all five elements and each individual comes into this earth with a different ratio of these elements and once you know those you can cultivate a diet and a lifestyle that suits you staying in balance not going out of balance so like for example if you're someone that leans towards more fire you might not want to eat foods that aggravate fire you want to eat foods that cool it down if you're aggravating it all the time you might find yourself extremely angry extremely irritable um, restless uh, having insomnia having skin issues yeah um, so that I, I try to eat that way for myself um what are some examples of like fiery foods? Is it like spicy? Is it as simple as that? It, that's a good example. I think that's a really good example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spicy okay. And sour. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Sour. Mm-hmm. And then like an example of like a watery food, well, like a watermelon. <laughs> Perfect. Got it. <laughs> cucumber, but also cooling. You want cooling. Cooling would be mint. Mm-hmm. That all of those things that you just said there with the cooling is really just made me crave like a delicious mojito, like oh. a watermelon mojito, some kind of watermelon drink. <laughs> I've been craving the sour lately. I've been craving margaritas. <laughs> Ooh, no, me too. I have, I have absolutely been, been. Cra- I'm always craving a margarita though. I think it's like my go-to. Mm-hmm. So, Alex, what does being fit mean to you? Mm. Such a powerful question. I, I think being fit means knowing knowing that you are not your thoughts is one. Um, cultivating a way to separate yourself from your thoughts. Like give, give yourself the opportunity to see that you are more than that and you're allowed to be more than that. Um, and also knowing that you're, you're, you are energy, right? Like you are made up of energy. Um, and, and the more that you control your energy through, through fitness, through yoga, through breath work, through proper nutrition, through managing your mental health, then the more you will naturally attract that which you desire. Yeah, that's beautiful. Where can people follow you, find you if they want to work with you? What's the best way to get in touch? Yeah, so right now you can find me on my Instagram handle which is at Alex underscore Ryberg. That's where I'm most, uh, what's the word? I'm most active. Yeah, most active. I'm most present there right now. I'm about to release my new website probably in about two weeks. Um, So I wouldn't advise going there yet. But if you do want to contact me, you can email me or just send me a DM through my Instagram account. 
um hell yeah yeah perfect Mm -hmm. thank you so much this was wonderful i felt like i've learned a lot i feel lighter in my being Mm -hmm. less less judgy on myself which is always something i need to be working on but this was great i really appreciate your time likewise yeah this has been such a joy thank you of course reminder to listeners follow me on instagram at what the fit podcast me at chrissy grody for everything going on in my personal life my pod life if you love what the fit help support the podcast with a monthly contribution two dollars a month five dollars a month ten dollars a month if monetary contribution is not possible right now it's just so helpful to share the podcast on your social media tell your friend Rate the podcast five stars. Give us a review. If you want to chat or connect with me, email whatthefitpodcast at gmail.com or as always, slide in those DMs. Thanks, guys.